way of announcements this morning, just to remind you, we still have uh, raffle tickets from New Life Christian School, and uh, let's see, who's going to be in charge of them after church? You are? Okay. And so Naomi will have them, and uh, the raffle tickets are $5 a piece, and the grand prize is $1,000 cash, the second prize is $500 cash. And the third prize is $200 in restaurant package. So uh, it's a nice prizes and uh, and a very good cause. And you know because of uh, all of the restrictions this last year, it's been difficult to have the fundraisers. And so we appreciate your support and your help for this very much. Thank you. So I'm just going to hand these to you right now. So we don't forget. Also, just a reminder, uh, we uh, don't uh, pass the offering during the, the worship service. We have a offering uh, receptacle up here on the uh, communion table, and uh, you can give this way, or you can, uh, if you're mailing them in, we want you to uh, feel safe in doing that. Our mailbox is a lock box, so uh, we're safe in that category too, so... Uh, just thank you for your support, and also uh, for communion, we're using the packets. It's a little packet with the communion cup and the wafer together, and uh, if you uh, didn't get one coming in, they're out on the table, and so uh, when we sing our communion song, feel free to get up and go out and get one at that time. I think that covers our announcements, uh, so we're going to continue in our working our way through the Bible. We're in the third part of uh, the third offering of Isaiah, if you will. Uh, And uh, we'll be looking uh, at verses 56 through 66, actually a little more focused than that. And uh, let's start with a word of prayer and open the word together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share in your word. And we thank you, Lord, that you have provided for us your word, your, and, and we receive it as God-breathed, and we listen to it and understand that we need to ask You, Lord, through Your Holy Spirit to open our minds and our hearts to receive what You have for us today. And each of us in this room today could be at a different spot in our walk with You and our needs, but Your Word can minister to each and every one of us right where we are. And so we come to You and, and ask, Lord, that You would work in our hearts this morning. And we thank You again for Your love and Your mercy. We ask that You be with our Sunday school people this morning and uh, ask that You would bless them as they lead our children as well. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, in the... Division of Isaiah, the way we divided it up was in three uh, parts, and part one was verses one through or chapters one through thirty nine and that emphasizes in those chapters the coming king and uh, the second part uh, we did last week verses forty through fifty five uh, the emphasis was the suffering servant and Today, we'll be looking at the third part, 56 through 66, uh, the anointed conqueror. And what I find is, is interesting as we, we go through this, 
when Jesus started his ministry in Luke chapter 4, uh, he, it, it start, he quotes Isaiah. And I'd like to share that with you as he began his ministry in Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 14. This is right after the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And so the first uh, uh, 13 verses are devoted to that uh, section of, of what happened. And then just as Jesus gets back and He's going to start His ministry, uh, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about Him went out through all the surrounding country. And He taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. Jesus re- is then going to Nazareth. And it says, uh, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, keep that in mind as we look at uh, where we are in in this section on Isaiah. In the uh, 61st chapter of Isaiah, these are the same words again. Isaiah chapter 61, look at verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. To bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to the blind, uh, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the pri- uh, prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and and so we look at that and we realize, you know, here's a, a Jesus quoting right out of Isaiah uh, the scripture, and so uh, again seeing the interaction of scripture and again trying to follow that. Uh, Crimson thread that was shared many messages ago that runs all the way through the Scripture in order to see Christ pulling it together here is, I think, really cool. And so, uh, what I would like to look at is, is uh, chapter 60, first of the first three verses. Uh, and and uh, it says, Arise, Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you, and the nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. And then look at the uh, last uh few verses, uh, well, yeah, starting with verse 19, just verse 19 and 20, uh, uh, Isaiah writes in, his prophe- in this prophecy, The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor by brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no, no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your Everlasting light, your days of mourning shall be ended. 
What I want to focus on is, is that this context, or, or contrast between light and darkness that, that Isaiah speaks about here and, and who is the source of our light as believers. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One of God. Uh, and this is important for us to, to get a hold of uh, because you think about some of the things that Jesus instructed us in. And I was especially focused on Matthew chapter uh, 5 uh, where Jesus tells those that he's teaching. Uh, it, he's, he talks about, well, I'm going to include the salt here too as well. In verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the uh, people's feet. And then this is where I really want to get a hold of it this morning. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill can, cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. And so Jesus saying here, uh, you are the light of the world. And I've heard, uh, looking through uh, several commentaries, he says, we are the reflection of the, Jesus, uh, the light of Jesus. That is not what it says. It doesn't say you reflect the light of Jesus. It says you are. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you are the light of the world if you are in Christ. And uh, so, this, this idea of, of light... Is, uh, and darkness is really important to grasp. We are a light that shines in a dark world. So, Isaiah says, Arise, for your light has come. Now, who has come? It's a future picture looking ahead, but Jesus Christ has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and the glory will see, be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. And I think it's important to, to grasp uh, these pronouns here as well. Your light. It's, it's in you, it's of you, it's who you are. So we have this, this uh, picture here. Arise, shine, your light has come. And I have to tell you, this is right where I got sidetracked. Uh, the, the, again, the, you know, it parallels with the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 23 through 25, it says, The city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it, because the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its lamp. By the light will uh, the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night uh, there. So, this picture that Isaiah is drawing has goes clear into the picture of Revelation. It parallels even there. We are going to a point in time in Christ where ultimately we will live in His light constantly. And we will be a part of that. 
It won't be just something that is, is, is at a distance, but His light will be in us. We will be a part of that. And so, arise, shine. Your light has come. And this idea of arise and shine, this idea of shine is let your light be seen. In John chapter 8, Jesus speaks to this as well. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered them, Even if I do bear witness about uh, myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I come from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. And so what Jesus is saying is, I am the light of the world. And the Pharisees look at it and say, No, that can't be. Jesus says, Yes, that's who I am. I am the light of the world. And so we realize that as He's the Anointed One who has come into the world, He is the light. What is our source then? Our source is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is where this light comes from. Through Jesus Christ. In our, there was a, a, one commentator who put it this way, he says, because of the exceeding brightness, splendor, and luster of the divine majesty of Christ, who will appear personally among the people, neither sun nor moon will be able to give any light. Now, the reason for that I thought was interesting. Listen to this comparison. As the light of a candle is made useless and unnecessary by the light of the sun, so the light of the sun and the moon will be made useless and unnecessary by the vastly superior light and glory of Christ. What I'm hoping to, to do as we go through this, and the reason why I said I got sidetracked with this and somewhat obsessed with it, was to think about the fact of that, that, that idea of Christ is so awesomely, gloriously, the light of our, of, of our lives. The light of our heart. And, it, and it's multifaceted. It, it's the idea of light opening up your mind to His Word so that we can see it. A lamp unto my feet. There's so many things that, that just come together with this. And I want you to, to get a hold of this idea that Jesus is the light of the world. And as He comes into us, we are His light. And the idea of that for us is that we are to be seen in His world serving Him in such a way that people will look at us and see His light. We're not to hide it. We're to expose it. We're to to let it be seen. We'll come alongside people. We'll have a different way of looking at things, a different way of of treating each other, a, a different way of expressing how our relationship is. For instance, what's one of the things that that, that uh, uh, Jesus says? You'll be known by the way we what? Love each other. Okay, that's the light of Christ shining through them. And uh, so, uh, 
keep that in, in mind as, 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 as we look at this. Um, see, I've got to go back here now. There was one other thing I wanted to catch in this. Your son, uh, verse 9, uh, 20 of chapter 60 of Isaiah. Your son shall no, uh, no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended. What are the things that you might think would be in the days of mourning? And mourning, not days of a.m., <laughs> PM, you know, that, that kind of morning. Morning in the sense of grief and sorrow. What are the things that would be in that list? So, anybody want to share one? Death. That would be the first one. That would be, it shall be no more. The sting of death for Christians is, is, is gone. Now, I want to make sure, and I know I've shared this uh, several times, uh, but I don't want you to, to lose this part. Death is never our friend. We do not embrace death. Death is the result of what? What, did, what brought death into the world? Sin. Therefore, death is never our friend. But as an enemy, it's lost its authority, its power, and its, and its, and its uh, uh, sting, if you will, in a sense of how it affects us. Therefore, we no longer are afraid of what happens when we die. Now, I want to be clear on this as well. Does that mean that we, we, we go through, the, through life just ignoring uh, dangerous situations? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a crazy tiger in the room <laughs> you know, or whatever. Uh, you know, no, we, we have a, a, an instinctive thing to preserve our life. And that's not a wrong thing. But the consequence of death, to live as Christ, to die is gain, okay? Which means the worst thing that Satan can do to me is take my life and I win. He loses. So, as Christ comes into us, the light of the world comes into us, we become light, we become uh, part of who He is, our mourning shall be ended. Gone forever. And so I put along here with death, I put injustice. Will be gone. Oppression will be gone. The things of darkness, period, will be gone. There will be no hint of darkness. In the Lord. There is no hint of darkness in Him. Now, again, that's something that is beyond our ability to really comprehend. Something without darkness, meaning there is no hint of shadow. We can't get away from shadow. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, we try to get into a, a perfect lighting situation in some situations where where the light comes in such different angles that we eliminate as much shadow as possible, this type of thing. But the bottom line is, is that, that there is no shadow, there's no hint of darkness in God's kingdom in, and in the, in the light of Christ. Also, coming back to this idea of, of emphasizing the pronouns, your light, your glory. 
is is the idea that uh, it's a personal relationship that God wants to have with us. He doesn't say a common light or just a light. He says, your light, and he is the source. That's an intimate, personal relationship with him. For God to be our light, there needs to be a change in who we are. We call it uh, a metamorphosis. There's a, you know, it's, it's, it's an actual change that happens in us in a spiritual context, and I believe ultimately in the physical context. Part of this that helps me understand it is, is the book of Ephesians, where Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5. He tells us in, in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, Be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. He tells us to walk in love, to be imitators of, of, of God. And this idea of, of offering yourself as a sacrifice. Tell God that you're willing to be used however He wants to use you. It's a bold thing to do, by the way. What if he asks you to sell everything and, and, and go to uh, a foreign country? Are you ready to do that? Are you willing to do that? That's what he wants from us, is the willingness to follow him wherever he opens the door. So, be imitators of God. Willing to be a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to Him. And then I, 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 as I was going through this, I, I dropped down to verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 5. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Do you see the distinction here then? We're even getting it down to it in the sense of people and, and looking at it. You're either in the darkness or you're either in the light. No, it's you are either darkness or you are light. If you're without Jesus Christ, you are not just in the darkness, you are darkness. I think that's a rather powerful statement. So all the people that we love that are outside of Christ, how much, you know, and how important it is that we share in our actions and in our words and in our and the way we live the, the the light of Christ that they might leave the darkness they 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 might have the metamorphosis the change that changes them from dark to light one time you were darkness but now you are light in the world walk as children of light for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Where do we find that? Where do we find what is good and right and true? How, because I can tell you, I don't know that automatically. I heard somebody say it. I, yeah, from through, through our relationship with Christ. His Word. 
It is a what? A lamp unto my feet. It is a light into my path. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. In other words, as you go through the Word, ask God to reveal His character to you so that we will know Him better. His holiness. How awesome He is and who He is. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is a shameful thing uh, even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then, now, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. What does it mean the days are evil? And how does that come about? Well, that takes us clear back to Genesis chapter 3, doesn't it? The fall. Once sin entered into the world, the idea that the days are evil. In other words, the idea that all around us there are things trying to pull us away from Christ and into the darkness. So again, it says, the imitators of God, His beloved children, and walk in the love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us in chapter, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5. Now it says, look carefully how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, you're going to get some advice here, and it's going to fall into the category of the will of the Lord. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And by the way, the idea of here, do not be drunk with wine, is far brighter than the idea of alcohol content here. The idea is don't be drunk with the things of the world. Don't be drunk with the things of darkness. Be filled with the things of light. Be in His Word. Be in prayer, the things that draw you close to Him. Be filled with the Spirit. And the, the result will be something that is the way we take, meet one another in the sense of, of, of coming alongside each other as the family of God. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This idea of submitting to one another means to put the other person ahead of yourself. That's not the way our culture looks at things. It's me first. Get, get your peace while you can. Grab all, what was that old commercial? Grab all the gusto you can. Uh, you know, this idea of, of putting, you know, getting it, you know, for yourself. This one says, no. 
put the other person ahead of yourself. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I looked at this and I was thinking, before I was Christian, before I was in a relationship with Christ, before I was saved, I was in the category of fallen. That's you know, you're either fallen or you're raised. You're either out in Christ or you're not. It's just it's not in categories. It's just boom. Here's the line. You're either saved or you're not saved. You're either fallen or or, or you're raised. You're either in the darkness or you're in the light. You can't be in the shadow. There is no gray area in this. All of this has been made possible for us through what Christ has done. He put us ahead of Himself. Before we ever loved Him, the plan of salvation was put into place for Him to go to the cross and meet our need. For all who would confess Him with the mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is the Christ, the One that God raised from the dead, we will be saved. We're going to uh, sing a song for communion. It's called uh, Living Hope. And uh, I just want to look at this one verse. It says, How great the chasm that lay between us! How high the mountain I could not climb! In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness... Your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. But I, I was looking at this and I was thinking, what is it that tore through the shadows of my soul? The light of the living Christ. So as we sing this song, uh, preparing our hearts for communion, if you haven't picked up the communion, feel free to go out and to pick one up off the table outside in the foyer, and uh, we'll share in just a moment.
There was nothing we could do to get to this point, to this place where we could be free, where we could be in the light and out of the darkness. So Jesus did it for us. He went to the cross and He poured out His blood. And I I look at that and and I think how often, you know, do I, I, I really think about what that means? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14 of John chapter 1. And He emptied Himself. He, he became flesh. Paul tells us in Philippians that He emptied Himself. 
became a man, even to serve man, even to the point of death on the cross. And He did it that He might pull us from the darkness into the light. And not only into the light, but to cause us to become light. Jesus, at the last meal He shared with His disciples the night He was betrayed, took the bread and after giving thanks for it, He gave it to them and He said, This is My body broken for you. As often as you share this together, do this in remembrance of Me. At that same meal, the end of the meal, Jesus took the, the cup of blessing and He gave it a new picture, a new significance. He said, this is My blood poured out for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of Me. I'm not going to share of the fruit of the vine until I come again. So when He, he is he's waiting for that opportunity, we share this in remembrance of Him now. There's a point in time when He comes again we'll share it together in the final victory of what Christ has done for us. Let us share the cup together. Father, we thank You for these emblems that You established and, uh, to remind us of all that You are and all that You have done. And to remind us, Lord, that You are coming again and to live in such a way as to look expectantly and excitedly. Uh, Maranatha comes soon, Lord Jesus. And as You tarry, cause us, Lord, to be the children of God that You want us to be. That we will be examples in such a way that people will see that we live a different way. And in so doing, people might ask and say, why are you different? Give us the boldness to share our testimony and the mercy and the love and the grace that you have purchased for us. That they too might become light pulled out of the darkness. We worship you. We praise you. We ask that you would go with us. Be with us through this day and through this next week. Cause us to have your eyes and your ears as we look at the world around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we close? Again, I want to thank you for being here this morning. Lord bless. There's some refreshments in the back if you have the opportunity and want to share. And uh, just uh, uh, extra special surprise for next weekend in the way of blessing. And, and, and uh, I'm going to just leave it at that. But a nice celebration for next week and at the end of our service. Don't want to miss it. And those of you who are watching might want to be sure you're here to share in it.
and yet a king born to reign in us forever thou thy gracious kingdom bring by thine own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone by thine all-sufficient merit praise us to thy glorious throne calm thou long expected jesus born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee